1: One in 10 new dads experience postpartum depression, but researchers say that cases among fathers are likely underdiagnosed and underreported. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Postpartum depression in new dads is not a well-documented experience, so screening for it among fathers isn't common or doesn't happen at all. UI Health's Two-Generation Clinic is trying to change that. Screening men is a strategy that they're currently studying. So we spoke to a doctor leading the effort and a father who participated in the study. Dr. Sam Wainwright is an assistant professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Illinois, Chicago. And Lushan Lee is a parent and patient of Dr. Wainwright's at UI Health's Two-Generation Clinic. And I started by asking Dr. Wainwright about why he wanted to study postpartum depression in dads in the first place.
2: Well, and it's certainly in the name itself, the postpartum right, referring to the pregnancy itself, and it hasn't traditionally been considered a disease that dads could get. But there actually is at this point, you know over twenty years of really good research that this is certainly a phenomena that happens, and far more than we know mm. and we started a clinic at the University of Illinois where we were looking at moms and babies. But we were talking to moms and we were talking to their partners. And hearing that there was a lot of stress that we weren't picking up on and the moms really guided us to say like, I'd like you to talk to my partner. I think he might be going through something. And that's really the genesis for a lot of our work is we just listen to the moms we were working with.
1: Yeah. So how are dads doing and why is no one asking this question?
2: Well, the first thing I always I like to say, even though we're talking about you know a, a state of you know disease or a state of illness for dads, is dads are doing great. I think – on the one hand, we always need to start this conversation by saying there are so many dads who are succeeding and thriving and achieving, you know, incredible wonderful parenthood and personal health and we should we should honor that in a way that we don't often talk about in society either. That said, there are a lot of dads who are struggling and most of the time they're struggling in silence and we as a healthcare system as doctors like we certainly are not helping in an intentional or organized way to really find those dads and help get them support. Mm.
1: So, Lushan, let's bring you in here. Your, your family welcomed the birth of your third child last year. Congratulations.
3: Yes, Actually, yeah. Yeah, last year. Last, last year, year, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, what were some of the challenges that you were facing, though?
3: Well, being a father at 45, um difficult challenge. Uh, I was definitely wasn't, wasn't ready to be a father at, 40, at so late. You know, um the challenges that's that I deal with is sleeping, financial, uh, mental.
1: And if, now was this already because that you because you already had two, or was it simply the fact of here you are starting again with an infant I would at forty five?
3: I think it's both. I think it may be a combination of both. Um I've 13-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. So the difference in those two, you know, supporting a girl and trying to figure out and, and interact when give them each the time that they want and need, right? With a
1: teenager and, involved in there. That's, right. that's its own Yeah, absolutely. Battle.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I'm, I'm married, too, so and working, and you got to try and figure out how to manage that time. And in the process of that, you got I got my one-year-old, which was the more challenging part because— if I'm not tired or I have something else I got to do or maybe have to uh, spend some time with my other two kids or with my wife or whatever the case may be, I got to figure out how to spend time with my daughter, my one-year-old, and the, mm-hmm. the, the really good thing about that is um, my wife and both my kids. They are so very helpful with that that it makes it so much easier for me. So the stress levels that I was having early on are down so much. Now,
1: do you think you would have talked to someone about the issues you were facing if it weren't for this clinic? Uh,
3: Probably not. Probably not. I probably wouldn't have talked to nobody about it. Uh, The way I was raised, you know what I mean? Uh, The things that I was taught. You don't as a man in, in, in our household that I was brought up in, you don't you don't go and speak about those type of things those things you keep to yourself and you try and figure them out yourself. And what I learned, uh, somebody told me a long time ago, you can destroy yourself like that. you hold holding in things like that. You can destroy yourself and explode or whatnot. So I actually ended up getting introduced to Dr. Wainwright and having conversations uh, with him. It, it just helped me to understand that I'm not the only one. First off, I'm not the only one in this position. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely not the only one in this position. In fact, uh, I think both of my brothers are kind of like dealing with similar issues as well.
1: Because now that you've kind of addressed it, you're able to recognize it in yes. other people,
3: yes. right? Yes, yes. So um, with with working with Dr. Wainwright on some of these things that I've I've experienced dealing dealing with as a parent, uh, and with the struggles that I go through, I I can see. Same the similar situations with my brother yeah. or my sister, uh, you know, a friend of mine, a coworker of mine, or whatnot, and and that makes it easier for me to pinpoint things that they may be struggling with and how they can attack them or address them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's good, uh, Dr. Wainwright. Let's let's dive into the study itself. Tell us what you learned, and I want you to kind of go over the signs and symptoms of postpartum depression in dads. What it looks like. But talk about the study itself first.
2: So the sort of the big population level studies, like when the CDC or other groups look, the number that we kind of have batted around is one in 10 or somewhere around their dads may struggle with postpartum depression. And I'll talk a little bit more about what it looks like and how it might look different in dads. Um, We just in trying to look around our clinic and the group of people that we – the families we take care of at University of Illinois, we gave the same screening tool that we would use to screen moms for postpartum depression and is a small study it's only 24 people but a third of them screened positive now the fascinating part to me is that even though we asked the questions and they scored high if you ask them oh well, are you stressed they said no i'm not stressed are you struggling with money or adjusting to parenthood nope doc everything's good i heard a lot of everything's good mm. but this is where really Our thinking and my thinking as a clinician has started to change. Like we have to be more intentional and we have to dig and we have to start this conversation around our whole community of saying the right answer isn't just hold it inside. You'll figure it out. Because when the stress of a new baby turns into a disease state, turns into postpartum depression or clinical depression or anxiety, there's a change. And what that looks like is everybody, when they bring home a child, is tired Mm. (laughs) And can be overwhelmed and can have tension with their partner or can find themselves juggling way too many things and the stress of going back to work. What postpartum depression as a disease state is, is where the normal response kind of spirals and it becomes a state of being that is not productive. Mm. It is is where you are becoming tearful Mm -hmm. or you can't sleep even when you have time to sleep. Or the things that bring you happiness, now you feel absolutely no joy at all despite right. you know your, your little newborn baby is cooing at you, but you can't find that delight. And it really – it starts to interrupt your normal responses to stress and you can start to end up in some very unhealthy patterns and responses including thoughts of dying or thoughts of harming your baby or mm-hmm. thoughts of harming someone else it can become a very pathological negative dark place that needs the attention of a healthcare provider.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Lushan, you were nodding through that entire spiel from the doctor, especially when he talked about the emotional piece of it, getting teary and, and not being able to find moments of joy.
3: I've I've been through that with all three of my kids at some point, Uh, especially with my first, because it was, everything was new to me. So, trying to figure out um, what's wrong with this kid. Why is this kid crying like this? Like, I'm holding him. I'm patting him. I'm going to change this diaper. What's wrong with this kid? Like, why is he crying? And you go through it so much. It, and, and I'm blessed. I got to be honest, though. I'm blessed because I've had people around me that that knew how to, you know what I'm saying? To a uh, uh, work that work that situation out. So getting advice from them, mm-hmm. I was able to utilize their advice. So it made it easier for me as I went along. So when my first, my second daughter, my second child came, my daughter, it was a little bit easier. I wasn't so so much stressed mm-hmm. out. I wasn't getting so upset And the arguments with me and my wife. Was completely down opposed to when we had our first child. Right. The arguments are there because you have so many different ideas of how you like her upbringings and expectations her upbringings my upbringings are totally different her expectations may be different than my expectations or we might have the same expectations but we got different ways of going about getting there Right. so that causes collisions and and things like that so once my second child came it was so much easier for us to be able to communicate with each other and figure things out so the stress levels on her end was down and on my end was down Mm. so when we had our third child it was way easier it was just about being parents at 45 and at 44 for her. It was a new challenge. Yeah, that's a whole different challenge. That's a whole different challenge.
2: I think part of it that's interesting in the way that postpartum stress, which everybody might experience, is this this gradient to postpartum depression and anxiety. And in men, one of the things we know is that often it might not manifest as sadness Mm -hmm. like you might expect to see in – you know, what you might think in your head, a commercial might tell you depression looks like. A lot of time, postpartum depression in dads can manifest as feelings of worthlessness, feelings of withdrawal, pulling Hmm. back from circumstances and, you know, constant worry that you're doing something wrong. And I think the general posture of our world at times can be like, yep, dads are doing it wrong. And we start to put it on ourselves as dads and dads as can really start to pull into a negative space and then withdraw from the supports that, like Lushan talks about having, often the manifestations of postpartum depression in men can be this withdrawal that is then mm-hmm. even more destructive. And people can turn to substance use, can turn to sort of separating from their family and from their kids because they don't have the tools or the language to start to actually engage. Because of the symptoms of the disease. Mm-hmm. And so I think to me, that's what's so important is saying like this can happen to you. And if you're feeling this way, not only can doctors help, but actually learning parenting skills and learning, you know, from supports in your community, from supports from other men can really actually help you turn the tide on those overwhelming feelings and help you engage as the father that you're, we're all trying to be. When can all, I, can yes, I ask
3: to that, please so uh in reference to what he was just saying oh God. talking to the mic
1: for me never mind
3: oh never mind I'm sorry go ahead I, I gotta
1: you're getting emotional
3: yeah yeah, K- yeah. Tell me, I'm tell, trying me not tell me, not me to. what
1: tell me what's going on
3: so uh nothing it's just he hidden key points he hidden key points everything literally every example he gave I dealt with like literally every example mm-hmm. um as far as like filling. Worthless. Um, questioning myself as a parent, how good of a father am I? Can I be? Will I be? Um, mm-hmm. I got a thirteen-year-old son right now that uh, I have to. I have to. I have to protect him from the dangers of society today's society. And in the process of that, process of that, I got to protect myself. From my mental, you know what I'm saying. Stay the man at times, cause I can get upset with him because he want to do this. But I need you to understand that this is going on, so I gotta be strict on you, or I gotta, I gotta, I gotta lean on you, a certain type of way. I can't, I can't give you the freedom that I had when I was a kid, cause times are so different right now, mm-hmm. and. That, when those things happen in your household and you got a 13-year-old kid, and my kid is a, a gamer. He's not one of these kids that's running around now here in the streets every day, you know. And But he's he's aging and he's wanting to get out and do more and all of this. So it can be extremely challenging and then have to figure it out. Me and my wife have to figure it out how how we gonna go about things or yeah. how much leeway to give them, a leverage to give them. Yeah, you know what I mean. That can be that you're, trying, can be you're very, juggling very, a lot, tough to deal with.
1: You're juggling a lot, and you're trying to as you're managing the feelings and the emotions behind just dealing with this new child. Yeah. You don't want to neglect the others. Yeah, right? yeah. You, you got to yeah. make sure, to your yeah. point in the beginning, lushan has got to take care of everybody. Yeah, or it's so it feels.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, doctor, tell us this: what what can partners do to support each other during this adjustment? And tell us about the resources that are available right now for dads.
2: Absolutely. And I, I want I want to say first and foremost, if anybody out there is struggling, the first thing that has become so much easier to just say on the radio is call nine eight eight, is the mental health crisis hotline. Works on any phone in anywhere. And you can get someone 24 hours a day. And if you're ever worried that you or your partner is is at risk of harming themselves or harming the baby, please go to the emergency department right away. Now, most people are not in those circumstances. And so there are resources that I want to make sure everybody knows about to address mental health in the postpartum period. And they're not just for moms. So there is, in Illinois, run by North Shore University, there is a 24-7 crisis line that's manned by master clinicians all the time. It's 866-364-MOMS, 6667. And I specifically called them today to make sure that they take dads and they get lots of calls from dads. And I think this is a big part of the conversation that we're trying to change here today is the crisis line for mental health has moms in the name and it should. We need to address mental health crisis for moms. But it's also affecting dads. And so I want people to know that number, 866-364-6667, or moms, is available for anybody 24-7 if they feel like they're having a mental health crisis or even just challenges and they're struggling. That said, the other thing that we can all do for each other is as new parents, check in. Mm. Check in with your partner. Find a time where a family member or a friend, I tell this to all my new parents you and your partner go for a walk in that first week that you're home and you haven't slept and you're bleary eyed and you haven't eaten and you may not have gone to the bathroom. You <laughs> can't remember the last time make space to go for a walk for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. in those first weeks. It's like, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Cause I think we often don't even ask. Yeah. And men, I know from talking to a lot of dads that they say, well, I, I but however I'm feeling, I got to keep it to myself cause I got to support mom and it's a noble impulse, but, I think one of the things that we're learning is the best way to support mom is take care of yourself. If you can take care of yourself as a dad and find wellness, that's not distracting from the care we need to give to moms after they deliver. It's actually – it's additive. It's generative. We make healthier moms by actually taking time to intentionally work with dads.
1: I want to give you the last word before we go, Lushan. I mean what does it mean to you? To be able to, to set up, you know, long-term health goals now, you know, for you and for your family and to have the support in actually reaching them.
3: Summing it up in in a, in, in a nutshell for me is really about my kids being able to see me do do better for myself. And hopefully, hopefully they can grab hold to that. And, and and at some point utilize it in their own lives at, at a later point in their life or whatever, uh, starting from right now. You know, I was yeah. I would I would mention to my son at times, my son is 13, he's like 5'9", like 200 and something pounds wow. already at 13. He's a big kid. So I explained to him, and he liked playing sports too, you know. So I explained to him, like, man, listen, you got to put the, the work in, you know. It's, it's really just about getting him to understand how he, he has to work on his health to keep himself in good shape, to keep himself here. The thing for me was I just wanted my I wanted to live long enough to see my kids grow. Yeah. So if I can see them grow, then I feel like I've accomplished at least part of the goal that I set out for myself. It's just to be here to see them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you something? Yes, ma'am. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You're I, doing
1: a great job.
3: I really appreciate those that. Those kids are lucky to have you. I really appreciate that. I think um I'm again I'm I'm blessed. I always figure like I'm blessed. The woman that I married is a phenomenal woman. She's a phenomenal mother. I mean, we are all human, so we have our differences and different opinions about things. But she's a phenomenal wife. She's yeah. a phenomenal mother. She's is a great mom. I love she's it. And a together great mom
1: together you're doing what those kids need.
3: I I think without her, um, and I'm just being honest, I don't know how good I would be doing without her in my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, She helps me see things. Even when we have a discrepancy about something, I can actually, like, I'll take time to sit back and think about it and see where if it's something that I did or something that I can I can I can prevent or help or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Or maybe just me and her sitting down having a conversation about it and 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 you know, getting working things out like that. But yeah, without her, I don't I don't know how how successful I am at this. I'm just being aware. We're honest. so proud of you. Sean Lee it. is a Thank
1: dad working to improve his health for the sake of his family. Doctor Sam Wainwright's a professor and researcher at UI Health. Thank you both so much. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Landon Jones and edited by Meha Ahmed. We drop new podcast episodes every day, Monday through Saturday. And don't forget about the Reset newsletter. We go deeper into our conversations, bring you upcoming events, and we talk about everything that you hear on Reset. And it's delivered to you every day, fresh to your inbox at 10 a.m. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon.